You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Morning, Renew Life Church. How are we doing? Awesome. I am very excited to be with you this morning. I'm a little jazzed. Uh, it's not coffee. It's Holy Spirit. I really believe that. My name is Kyle Doan, and I'm uh, on staff here in Midland, and it's my honor, it's my privilege to share with you today. Um, can I get a quick show of hands of people that are in home church? Anybody in home church? Okay, sweet. Thank you. Good job. We are already, we've already been through uh, two meetings, two weeks of it, and man, it's been going really, really well. I know for Sarah and I in our home church, man, we're just seeing the power of God. I mean, it's like the engagement of his people and his spirit is, is astounding. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here this morning, if you're a part of Renew Life Church and you have been thinking about joining a home church or you've been kind of hesitating to sign up, stop messing around. Just do it, all right? We really want to see there. I, I really believe this. You won't regret it. I'm serious. It's been really powerful. And I know if across the city, just been hearing reports of everyone else's home churches just going really well. So if you're desiring connection, you want to get to know people and you want to go deeper, come on, go find out, go find out one of these home churches on the website and come, come next, uh, this week. So, um, anyways, that's the end of my PSA. Um, I want to get going this morning and I want to share with you a little bit today about some of my testimony, if I, if you would allow me to, and just, uh, I give you a little bit more of my story and really the part of my story that I believe, well, what I hope is to paint a really clear picture of the power and effectiveness of God's word and how it impacted my life. And if I had one goal this morning, it would be that um, you would leave this room going, I need more, I want more of God's word. All right, that's my goal is that you would stand up and go, I need to get into that. No matter where you're at in your walk, no matter where you're, what your discipline is like, I just, I'm hoping to impart to you a desire to be even closer with him in that specific area. And so the title of this message is The Living Word. If you're taking notes, you can uh, write that down. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Help me this morning. I trust you. I know that you own my mouth, and I just want to rededicate it. Lord, will you speak what you want to speak? I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit just overshadows this room in such a way that you bring understanding, revelation, and reception to your people. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Everybody that agreed with that said? All right, let's go. So I'm 22 years old, not now, I'm old, but back then I'm 22 years old. I was living in Lubbock, and I had uh, graduated from tech, Reckham, um, getting wrecked every week. Um, and the, uh, I, was, uh, I was pretty much going nowhere with my life, all right? Professional loser, if you will. Uh, I was kind of stuck in a lot of habitual sin. I was also very directionless, very purposeless in my life. And um, I didn't really have much to offer God other than desperation because I just kind of walked away from him, you know, in my heart. And I had walked, I mean, I, I went to church, I could put on the face like the best of them, but I was dead on the inside, you know what I'm saying? And my sin was really heavy on my life. And um, I just, honestly, 
I didn't feel like I deserved to even hear from him. You know, have you ever been there where you just feel like spiritually you're so bankrupt? Like, why would he even talk to me? And um, I was sitting on the couch in between shifts of my restaurant job because I'm killing it and uh, watching a rerun of SportsCenter like you do because it's the same thing over and over and uh, just kind of zoned out. But in that moment, I'll never forget it. In that moment, it was this clear concise voice that cut into my mind and it was the voice of God he spoke to me it wasn't audible it wasn't like hey you know whatever like he just he just said to this he said this to me he said it's time to make a plan and I was kind of like who's this you know like I'm by myself in the house like no one should be there it kind of startled me and I'm kind of like half looking around half like was that what I thought it was and then he just responded one more time he said it's time to make a plan okay, well, if God's going to talk to me, I should, I should listen. So I turned the TV off and, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know, <laughs> like, what, what should I do? Like, should I, you know, like what, <laughs> like, what do I do with my hands? I just was like, I did what every lost kid does when they realize they're lost. I phoned home. Okay. I literally called my dad. Hey dad, he's over there. Um, Called my dad and I just said, listen, I feel like I need a reset or something. I don't know what to do. Do you, do you think that I could come home to Midland and work with you? You know, just try to figure out my life. And my dad was very gracious, but he was also very honest. And he was like, mm, not really. <laughs> he was like, look, I don't have a lot that I can offer you, but if this is what you think you should do and you feel like you need to do something like this, then you can come home. Right. And so I thought, well, there you go. I've done it. I hung up the phone. I got a little piece of paper. I wrote on the top, work with dad. And I was like, yep, I've answered the call of God in my life. You know, I <laughs> just felt kind of proud of myself. Um, but also like not knowing what to do with any of that, you know, kind of went straight back into not really knowing what to listen for next. But uh, within 30 minutes of that phone call, my phone, I got a text message from a friend texted me and said, hey, I was thinking about you and I decided I ought to send you this application for a job. Uh, it's with a camp um, that meets in Central Texas. It's called TBRM. I had served there when I was a freshman in college and they have like a year-long program where you can like go through um, discipleship and you can, you know, become part of their staff and all these things. And they, and they were the my friend was thinking of me and saying, hey, you should really check this out. And when I got the text, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, that's weird. That's what the timing on that. You know, like, that's crazy. Okay, well, I mean, sure. So I get my little piece of paper, you know, like work at camp, you know, right underneath the thing. Like, man, I'm doing good, you know. But then I got to go serve enchiladas. So I put on some, put on a little apron and drive to work. I leave my phone in the car because my manager was, she was a stickler for that. And so I leave my phone in the car and I work until like 11 p.m. And I get back in the car and my phone has three missed calls and three voicemails on it, all right? Nobody calls me, Stephen. Nobody likes, you know what I'm saying? Like not even my mom calls me at this time in my life, you know? I'm just, just a guy floating in the ether, you know? But I got three voicemails on my phone. First voicemail, it's my uncle, Mark Dingler. He's calling from uh, Dallas, Texas. He's like, hey man, I just wanted to call you because 
I've been talking to this guy, and we want to offer you an opportunity to get an interview for a job. The interview is for a mission organization. They basically take a coffee shop platform and use that to get into closed countries to spread the gospel across the nations. And I was like, hot dog, you know, like, that's pretty awesome, you know. Beep, message number two. Hey, Kyle, this is Patrick Payton with Stonegate Fellowship. I'm like, what? That guy doesn't call me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't talk. And, he, and he's like, hey, your name came up today. I thought I would call you because I would like to see if you'd be interested in an interview for a job here at our church. We want you to be an assistant children's director. And I was kind of like, well, look who's hot stuff, you know? Like, okay, sweet, beep. Message number three. Hey, Kyle, this is Jeremy Bolins. This was my college mentor. Worked for Campus Crusade. And while I was in college, Hurricane Katrina had happened in New Orleans, and I had taken a couple of teams of friends down to do some relief work, and it went really well. And because of that experience, my friend Jeremy had decided with Campus Crusade to create a position within the ministry for someone to go and field all the relief efforts that were coming from all over the country. And they wanted me to take that position, to move to New Orleans and just take the teams that are coming in and organize them to help people with relief efforts. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I get home, I'm all excited. Okay, here we go, work with the mission field. You know, number three, how about work with the church? Number four, work with the uh, Campus Crusade. I was like, living high. You know, like, this is awesome. Realize this all happened within like 12 hours, you know? And it obviously doesn't dawn on me that God is doing it. I'm just thinking I'm awesome. You know, I'm like going from zero to the most sought after employee in West Texas, you know? Like people want me, you know, whatever. Well, of course I don't know what to do. It's midnight, so I just go to bed. I wake up the next morning, I'm like, I have to deal with this now. I sit down, I look at my piece of paper and I'm kind of like, well, now, now what? You know, like God, what do you, what are you asking of me here? And I really feel like he cut through again. He spoke into my mind. Again, it's not an audible thing. There's no glory cloud. It's just a still small voice just slicing through the confusion, right? And I honestly believe he speaks to us a lot in that way. And he was just said, he said, listen, Kyle, take the list. Will you cross out anything I say no to? I said, Sure. Sure, yeah, I can do that, yeah. So I start at the top of the list, you know, work with dad, and he says no, and I go, no problem, <laughs> you know, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Hey, for real though, like, now I do work with my dad, like right now, so full circle. I love you, man, don't fire me, okay? <laughs> but, like, I'm like, okay, no, great, all right, number two, work with the uh, camp ministry, no, okay, great. I can do that. Thanks, God. Okay. Number three, the mission thing. That's really, ten no. Okay, got it. No, I'll park that off. I got two left. All right, I'm down to the last two. I got the, the church job and the campus crusade job. I'm looking at these things. I go, church job? He goes, no. I go, well, then that leaves a no. And I mark off all five because he said no to every single one of them. I'm telling you, it was like before my body could stop myself, I'm marking through because I'm listening to what he says. And then I'm like, great, <laughs> all right. That was, what was all that one in a million talk? You know what I'm saying? Like what, it's like the rug got pulled out from underneath me. I don't know what to do. What should I do with this moment? 
And um, I don't know, it just felt like, A, it felt like, okay, you got my attention, but the second part was he didn't say anything else. So I'm like, now what? You know, what do you want from me? What am I supposed to do with this? And, you know, I, I, I just responded pretty much the only way I knew how. I just went back into my room and went back to sleep. I'm being honest. Like, I really felt like the ride left without me, you know? Like, everybody, like the gondola gets loaded up, and I'm like, hey, you know, and it's just up, and it's gone into the clouds. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with this. And so I just went back to sleep because that's how I solved my problems. And uh, I wake up to my phone ringing and it's, it's a guy by the name of Brad Fogarty. He's my high school mentor. Hadn't talked to him in months. He's one of those guys that like when the phone rings, you're like, you know, get together. You know what I'm saying? So I like, I'm not supposed to be asleep at 1030 in the morning. You know, so I'm like, Ahem. hey, buddy what's going on yeah how you doing nothing doesn't greet me doesn't say hello doesn't respond in kind at all I just hear a big (sighs) (laughs) then everything tightens up again you know (laughs) he said I'm standing in my yard uh, pulling weeds and the Holy Spirit told me to call you and tell you to get on with it click Let me go to the bathroom for a minute. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh my goodness. It was, it was, it was, I was like, oh my goodness. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know what to do. I just feel like everything just hit the, hit the, hit the fan. And all the options that had propagated, you know, that it had showed up on my piece of paper, those are unavailable. And now I just feel, you know, like, where am I supposed to go? And it just dawns on me. It dawns on me that God is, had no interest in talking about my career. He was only interested in my heart. And that's what he was after in that moment. And this scripture flooded into my mind. It's in Psalm 24. I'm going to bring it up here on the screen. It says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. This is what, this is what flooded my mind. This is what came over me. And this is what God was wanting to minister to me. This is what he was trying to say to me. He was, he was infusing my life in this moment with not only his voice, but his actual written word. And I knelt down on my bed and I just cried my eyes out and got clean. For the first time in a long time, I repented of my sin and all the junk that I'd been carrying, all that heavy stuff, all that stuff that had separated me to the point where I was so numb, I didn't even know how to talk to him. I just got rid of all that stuff. I gave it back to him. He forgave me, and I just breathed fresh again, like for the first time. It was a powerful moment for me, and it had so much less to do with the things on the paper. It had more to do with what he wanted to do on the inside of my heart, because when my heart is clean, then I can start to go. You know, I have a question for you today because in that moment, I got shifted out of darkness into light. And my question for you, church, is does anybody else need that? 
Does anybody else in this room want that kind of shift in their life? And it may not be as drastic as my situation. It may not be as heavy as what I was feeling in that moment. And it may be heavier. But is anybody going, I think I, think I could use a little bit of shifting. I could use a little bit of refresh. I could use a little bit of God giving me the clean hands and the pure heart thing. Because I would like to get on that gondola and go. I'm serious. We find ourselves often at the foot of the mountain, right here at the spot. And God is saying, let's go. And we have the opportunity to go with him, but we are so burdened down. We have so much excess baggage on top of us. We can't even lift a step. And our first response is never to get rid of the stuff. Isn't that sad? Our knee-jerk reaction is almost never to offload crap. It's to find some other solution that we can conjure up, something else that we can do. And man, that's not what God is about. He wants to have an encounter with us. His direction for us is clean hands and a pure heart. And you can't pick those up at Dick's Sporting Goods. You know what I'm saying? You, no amount of dollar signs can purchase clean hands and a pure heart. No amount of accolades or influence or clout affords you a clean hands and pure heart. Just straight up. We've got to have an experience with God that's centered on his word and it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what he's going for. And if you've been here for the last month, maybe you've heard Braden uh, talking about a blueprint for an encounter. He's talking about how the word of God and the, the prophetic things and then the, 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 the encounters with the Holy Spirit, that these things are what kind of drives his relationship. And I, I really feel like that's, that's true about today in some ways. I really want to focus on the word of God, but I'm telling you, I think that God is really trying to draw our church back to some fundamentals that have to do with this and the acceptance of his word and the employment of his word and the application of his word. And it's like solid footwork for an athlete. You know what I'm saying? I know that the sports analogy is annoying sometimes, but I'm telling you, if the quarterback goes to step back and doesn't step correctly, he just falls down. And the play's dead, and it's over. That's what happens to us in our lives. We get the opportunity to actually get in the game, but all of the stuff has tangled us up, and we just, you know? And God is saying, I can set you free from that. I have the ability to give you clean hands and a pure heart. I want to show you, if you will, how this takes place, at least how it takes place with me. And if, if I can just offer you the, the, the method in which this word comes to me, I, I pray that maybe it would speak to some of you and you could take it home and employ it also. So I want you to go with me to John chapter 15. Everybody knows this passage, the vine and the branches thing. But I, I really feel like there's something beneath the surface here. There's some treasure to dig up. And I want to show you what that is because I really think that for me, it makes it so much more clear, okay? And I'll read it for you. It says, I'm the real vine, and my father is the gardener. Jesus is talking, so Jesus is the vine, right? Every branch which is part of me, that's us, but fails to bear fruit, the father cuts off, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it, will be, so that it may bear more fruit. 
right now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples in that moment. He says, right now, because of the word which I have spoken to you, you are clean. You are pruned. Stay united with me as I will with you. For just as the branch can't put forth fruit by itself apart from the vine, so you can't bear fruit apart from me. So will you give me a chance? Can I go a little bit deep with you guys this morning? All right. I had a guy tell me this one time. I don't mean it to offend it, but he said, I may say some things that go over your head, so raise your head. All right. He said that to me and I was like, okay, yes, sir. You know, like I'll do it. But this is, this is what it is. Okay. Look, we get these verses and leave it up there. We get these verses in English because they're translated from Greek. All right. You know, the phrase is all Greek to me. That's a real thing. All right. And sometimes our English translations are a little bit shallow, if I can be honest. They don't give us the full picture. Check this out, verse three. Right now, because of the word which I have spoken to you, you are clean. That word in Greek is logos. The word for word is logos. Say logos, all right? That means that about 330 times in the New Testament, Somebody said logos, and we took that in English, and we went word right there, okay? And that's, it's a word for, it's the word for word. It's singular, right? And sometimes this is confusing to us because we hear phrases like, I have a word for you, or word to the wise, or word on the street. And that's not really like a single thing. It's actually usually a group of words that convey an idea, or a thought, or a direction, etc. Do you know what I'm saying? But in this instance, this is what I'm trying to show you is that, that word is just word, and, and that means that this Bible, everything in it is a bunch of logoses, okay? Just one right after the other, bam, 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 logos, 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 right? Let me see if I can connect it for you. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. What I'm trying to say, and what I'm really trying to emphasize, and I know that you're, you're like, God, you're really confusing me. Um, every single word in this Bible is him. Every single word, because it, he is the Logos, and the Logos is him. That means that every word, if it's a noun, if it's a verb, if it's an article, if it's an adjective, it's him, all of it. And so when we, when we, what does this mean to you? Look at the sentence again. Look at it one more time. Verse three, right now, because of the logos, which I have spoken to you, you are clean. Remember the, the Psalm 24 thing and where I'm sitting in my room, I need clean hands and a pure heart. This is how I get it. The logos is what makes me clean. Every single one of them. You know why? Because it's him. Is this making sense? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be uh, really clear and concise, but we look at the word sometimes and we go, it's confusing. It's old stories. It's not relevant. It sounds weird to me. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Yada, yada, yada. And all of those things are turnoffs for us, but really they're just distractions to keep us from realizing that it's just him over and over and over and over again. And that if he were to get into our lives and if he were to have access to our thoughts, if the word of God would just be able to be employed in our, on our tongues, we would get clean. Are you understanding? 
This is very, very powerful, but we don't see it that way sometimes because the enemy's worked really hard to divorce these things. He's worked really, really hard to make the word seem like it's out of place. It's not worth looking into. It's old. It's one of them's called the Old Testament. Psh, couldn't be more wrong, y'all. We couldn't be more wrong. This is him living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between bone and marrow, all the way down to the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's the word of God. That's what he is. And so this right here, this logos is good for me because it actually affords me the opportunity to have those clean hands and pure hearts. I hate to say this, but you don't get clean hands and pure hearts from church attendance. You don't get it from positive attitudes. And positive attitudes are not bad. You should have one. But I'm telling you, it won't afford you the opportunity to ascend the hill. Clean hands and pure hearts are not achieved because you do good. But look at what it says. You're going to bear fruit if you get clean. There's a process here. I don't know, Kyle, it's just not that simple for me. The Bible's weird. It's got crazy stories in it. Everybody's dying, you know, like what in the world? I think that there's more that I could share with you that maybe will help move the Bible from something that is just print to something that's alive. And it's right here. It's the next few verses. Look at this, verse five, six, and seven of John chapter 15. It says, I got to change my page here. I'm the vine. You are the branches. Those who stay united with me and I with them are the ones who bear much fruit because apart from me, you can't do anything. Unless a person remains united with me, then he is thrown away like a branch and dies up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire where they are burned. Yikes, don't want that. Listen to verse seven though, okay? This is where I'm honing in. Verse seven says, if you remain united with me, and my words with you, then ask whatever you want and it will happen for you. This is how my father is glorified in your bearing much fruit. And this is how you will prove to be my disciples. So what Jesus is actually saying is he wants connection with us. He wants connection with us and he desires that we connect back with him and that there's an exchange there. And the exchange is verse seven, that we are to remain united with him and his words will remain united with us, but time out. Time out. Verse seven says, if you remain united with me and my words, but well, this word right here is not logos. What? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? What is going on, Greek? You know, why are you doing this, Greekers? Like, what is happening? Greek, in, this, in, in the Greek, this word right here is rhema. It's a totally different word. It still means word, but this is what it really means. Words that are uttered and poured forth in spirit. That's awesome. What does that mean? What does that look like? How can I get a little bit of that? What that means is that a rhema word in the context of the scriptures is a word that's soaked in the Holy Spirit. It's a word that's revealed by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit brings revelation and he affords us some understanding. He affords us connection and the power to apply that word. Okay, this is the difference. All of the Bible is logos. 
okay? Every single word of it, because it's him. But when we submit our lives to the Holy Spirit and we begin to walk with Jesus and allow him to remain in us and we remain in him, all these logoses get to become rhemas. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the things that you feel so disconnected from and you feel like there's no way that can apply to my life, all of a sudden it's speaking right to your heart because that's how he's gonna move. And that's how he's gonna infiltrate is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Does it make sense? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. Who's gonna go search it out with me? Who wants to go get it? Because look, the Bible says, I think it's in Jeremiah 29, it's like, if, if you will read me with all of your heart, then you will read me. No, he says, if you seek me, if you seek me with all of your heart, then, you, then in your searching, you will find me. Right? And so we're just trying real hard, like, let me get those really good glasses, you know, and let me just read this Jesus right into my life. It's not how it works. You've got to seek it. Well, you can't seek it if you're in the dark. You need the Holy Spirit flashlight. You can't find it if it's buried under the deal. You need the Holy Spirit shovel. We've got to have some connection to remain with Jesus so that the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to reveal to us what he's actually saying. And when it comes, it cleans us. Do you see it? Let me give you some verses because I think this, is, this will help. This is in Matthew chapter 4. Everybody knows this verse, but this is when Jesus is out in the wilderness and he's toe-to-toe with the devil, okay? And it's not a fair fight because the devil's a punk, okay? It's not a fair fight because Jesus has the word of God. Not just is the word of God, but employs it. This is what he says. He answers the devil and says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every rhema that comes out of the mouth of God. You see, Jesus is just a guy, y'all. I know I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish his divinity. I'm trying to say he's just a human being. That's why this works. That's why we can follow God and worship him because he, he was one of us. And he ate tacos. Mediterranean style. You know what I'm saying? He, he had to take naps when he was a little kid because his mom made him. He's just a person, but this is the difference. He understands that this is the real stuff and he's gonna put it out there. He's gonna let it marinate his heart and change his mind and come out of his lips so that when he takes a step on it, he can stand on something that's firm. That's the difference with Jesus and he employs it. He goes, devil, you can say whatever you want. I got it right here. And it's rhema to me. I live. I don't need bread. I don't need anything you offer to me. I got everything I need right here in my Father, right here with the Holy Spirit, right here in real connection. It's changed my life. If it's good enough for Jesus, it ought to be good enough for us, right? And if Jesus is actually laying that example and doing it, then that's what we should do. That's what we should walk in. I got another one for you, all right? John 6, 63. Look at this. 
This is Jesus talking to his disciples and then a whole slew of other people, maybe like this big, of other people that go, we want to be disciples too. He says, listen, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help. The flesh profits nothing for you. The rhema I have spoken to you are spirit and life. It's not just logos. It's not just words on a page. It's not just, you know, like little letters stuck together to make a sound. It's a revelation of who he is. You know what's crazy is if you kept reading that verse in verses that follow, you're going to find in verse 66 that when he said more of that, what he was on, a bunch of people went, well, I'm offended at that. I don't think that I can handle what you're talking about. And it says that they no longer followed him and they no longer were his disciples. A whole slew of people. To the point where he looked at Peter and the guys and he was like, are you guys gonna leave too? And they said, where would we go? You have the rhema of life. That's gotta be our response. Because he's standing here today in front of your heart going, here's some hard things, here's some logos. It might cut a little bit because you need to get pruned. You got some pricklies sticking off of you. But I promise you this, if you let me cut it off, you're going to bear more fruit. And we go, nah. I don't want it. I don't know what it's going to cost me. I feel like it's weird. I don't know if I can trust the Holy Spirit. What if he makes me do something I don't want to do? Then I guess you get to stay where you are. Look, I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting all fired up, but look, it's right here. It's not even in black and white, it's in red. John 8, 47, this one's gonna sting. Look, the one who is of God hears the rhema of God. For this reason, you do not hear him or those words because you are not of him. Yikes. He said that to a bunch of church people. A bunch of Pharisees who thought that the way to God was through their religious activity and their attendance and their good deeds and their smiling faces and their, all their little tithes and offerings and everything else and their sacrifices and they showed up at the right time but on the inside they were dead. You know why? Because they said no to Jesus. They said no to God's Holy Spirit. They said I can figure this out on my own. Well, then you don't got it. Last one, this is Romans 10, 17. You'll know this one. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the words of Christ. Literally, my wife keeps calling me. I don't even, what is she doing? I'm preaching, babe, you know? Y'all pray for her, okay? So, Faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. That's the rhema of Christ. You know, some Bible translations actually say the words of God, which is theologically correct, but technically not true. It's actually about what Jesus proclaimed and the things that he brought out because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Because he's the one that gives us the authority to walk up to the Father and say, me too. And this verse brings me to the point that I feel like you're gonna have to deal with and I'm gonna have to deal with in this moment. I know I've yelled at you for like 20 something minutes, but if you don't take something home, 
It just sits in the seat, you know? And what did you come for? To see a guy sweat? I've been listening to this Bible teacher talking and he's talking about the difference between faith and faithfulness. That faith is really baseline. The Bible says the demons believe in God. They know he's real. And honestly, like, it, it doesn't take a whole lot. In fact, it says it takes a mustard seed worth of faith to believe. And none of us know everything anyways. You know what I'm saying? We don't know everything anyways. So there are some things that we have to take by faith, on faith. And if you believe God or not, whether you think that we came from monkeys or you don't, you know what I'm saying? All that stuff is by faith anyways. Evolution is trash, by the way, you're welcome. But the point is like, the faith is so, it's, it's just not that radical in comparison to what, actually, what it actually takes to have the connection with God that's been afforded to you. And that's faithfulness. I'm not diminishing faith, I'm not saying it's useless, I'm saying it's the starting point. But every week if we come in here and we go, I have faith in God and then we go live like he doesn't exist, Hooray. No wonder we're burdened. It takes faithfulness to actually have that connection with God, to stay remaining with him and allow his word to remain with us so that it's not just logos anymore, it's rhema. It's not just words on a page, it's life in my chest because it's real. Go back to that moment, I needed clean hands and a pure heart because I was a slave to lust, y'all. I was addicted to pornography. I've said it before up here. I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you that was, that was in my life and it was, it was thick as thieves, man. And I needed to break free from it and God used his word to walk me down that path of freedom. Because I'm a spiritual man. You are a spiritual being. He designed you to receive the spirit. But when we deny those things, we cut ourselves off at the knees. When we deny God's access into our hearts through his word, we cut ourselves off from the very things that could clean us and save us. The Bible says that that sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. That's why it makes you feel so gross, you know? I mean, it feels good for a second, but then you just feel like trash afterwards. You're like, I hope no one ever sees that. It's because it's not good for you, because it's killing you, because it's an attack on your spiritual person, your inner man. And God is saying, look, I wanna clean you up. I can do it. Psalm 119, verse nine, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. And for a long time, I saw that on t-shirts, I saw it on posters, I saw it in my Bible, and I just thought, man, that'd be nice. Until finally, I was like, you know what? Holy Spirit, can you make that real for me while I'm still a young man? Can you make that active for me? Can you start to put the power in me to change my life so I don't have to go back to this thing? And you know what he did? 
He did that. He said, look, you, you can have a helmet of salvation. You can have a breastplate of righteousness. You can have a safe place and a refuge. You can, be, you can become an overwhelming conqueror. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. All these things are truths from his word and they, they transitioned. They moved from logos into rhema into my life because they began to spill out of who I was and I'm free. I'm free. I stand here today clean of all that stuff and it doesn't come, it comes after me, but it doesn't have any place inside of me. It doesn't have anywhere to land. It doesn't have anything to grab onto because I've been pruned, y'all. I bear different fruit. I can't make you want it, you know? I can't strong arm anybody. And I feel weird for saying that. I'm not trying to be rude. But do you, do, you, do you see that God has afforded you the opportunity to be like Christ and it's right here? And that the enemy has worked so hard to strip us from this, to keep this on a shelf in our house and away from our hearts? Man, I pray this morning you would just, oh man, you would just want it a little bit. You would just like, come on, shake it up and say, you know what, I wanna receive something like that. I wanna have the Holy Spirit reveal the word of God to me. I don't want it to just be logos, logos, logos for the rest of my life so that I have good information. I want power and life, life abundant even. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.